0: Punk Rock HR is brought to you by employee experience company LimeAid, helping every employee know their company cares. Join us virtually for their annual conference Limeade Engage on March 9th. It's packed with tools, insights, best practices, and networking to drive well-being, engagement, and inclusion in 2021 and beyond. Head on over to LimeAid.com to register today. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman. Welcome to Punk Rock HR. My guests today are three human resources leaders who work in and around the world of HR at Limeade. They are Dr. Laura Hamill, Nani Vishwanath, and Sarah Stevens. These three women came on to the podcast today to have a BFF chat about what it's like to work in human resources, what it's like to be part of the LimeAid team, and what HR can really do to aid and improve employee experience during COVID and beyond. I think the cool thing about this chat is that Dr. Laura Hamill is the Chief People Officer of LimeAid nani currently works in human resources although that's not where she started and sarah stevens used to work in limeade at hr but she has since exited out and has a great relationship with her former colleagues i know you're gonna love this chat it just models the right behaviors on how you want to be a part of a team how you want to come together when times are tough and how to exit an organization with dignity so if you like the sound of all that sit back and enjoy this bff chat with the women of Limeade. Hey team, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for Hi. having us. Hey. Always awkward when we've got a group. <laughs> <laughs> Who starts?
1: Happy to be here.
0: Well, I am happy to be the air traffic controller today and introduce everybody to the team that is generally known as Limeade. although even that's not accurate today. So we'll get to that in a second. But with me, I have three wonderful guests this morning and we'll get started just asking them to say who they are and what they're all about. Sarah, why don't we get started with you?
1: My name's Sarah Stevens. So I did work at Limeade. That's what Lori was referring to. I'm now an HR consultant and co-owner of Authentic Consulting and we focus on hr consulting for small businesses trying to help companies create great places to work and it's been a journey i made that change in august so just right in the middle of a global pandemic starting a new business which caused lots of fun conversations with lots of people but it's been a really awesome interesting experience so that's what i'm up to these days
0: well, I can't wait to learn more about it. And thanks for joining us. Nani, who are you and what are you all about? Hi
2: everybody. I have been at Limeade for about three years now, and I joined Limeade in a totally different capacity than HR. I was a strategic account executive for a couple of years and had the privilege of working with Limeade's clients, but all along the way was really passionate about our internal culture and sort of had my eye on our people team for a long time and made that transition in May. So also during the global pandemic, Right after maternity leave. It's been a wild year.
0: (laughs) Gosh, I'm exhausted for you. Yes, I think that's accurate. <laughs> well, Laura, why don't you wrap up this little segment? You are a repeat guest, and I'm super honored to have you back. So who
3: are you and what are you all about? Well, thanks, Lori. It's so cool to be with you again. We always have so much fun talking. So I am one of the co-founders of Limeade. helped start Limeade 15 years ago. I can't believe it's that long. And I am the chief people officer and the chief science officer at Limeade. And my background is that I'm an organizational psychologist. The kind of start of it was... We were trying to do something pretty aspirational and ambitious, and we needed some credibility, and we knew that science was probably the best place to start. So that's why I got involved early on, is just really bringing the research and science perspective. And so, so great to be here with Nani and Sarah. I have so much fun with them and respect them so much. So really fun to be in this conversation with them. Well, I'm really
0: glad to have all three of you here. And Laura, if we could just start with you really briefly and talk about what Limeade is and what you do in the marketplace, too differentiate yourself from all of these different vendors who are passionate about fixing work.
3: So we're an employee experience technology company. And what that means is that we try to offer software as a way to scale your employee experience, where your culture can come to life, where the important things that you want your employees to feel and know about your company are really easy for them to get to. So we really think about bringing your culture to life in a scalable way where you can reach a lot of other people. The thing that I think really differentiates us, there's a couple of different things, but one of them is the focus on care and focus on the true, authentic support of your employees through this experience. The reason why we start with care is because this science is so clear that when you support your employees, you get better people and business results. So the science is another big part of who Limeade really is.
0: I love what you're doing. And I'm really honored that you're sponsoring Punk Ark HR this month. So thank you again for that. It's been fun to partner with you again. It's just always a joy. And I learn things along the way. And we're going to have a really great conversation today around COVID the pandemic taking risks betting on ourselves because before me are three accomplished women who have definitely bet on themselves. And Sarah, I wanna get started with you and talk a little bit about the world of human resources, where you've come from, where you're headed in your next version of your career. How has the pandemic changed how you think about HR?
1: So in my experience, I've been an HR coordinator, generalist, recruiter, manager, director, and now consultant. In many ways, the pandemic has really reminded me about the basics of HR. I think HR has evolved and grown into lots. Lots of things, culture, employee experience, care, just like Laura's talking about. But for me, the root of HR is supporting employees and leaders. It's showing up, it's being a resource, and it's helping them create a great work experience. And I think the pandemic has reminded me to not do too much and get back to the basics of are we talking with our employees? Do they know what's going on? Do we have a way to communicate with them regularly? Do our employees feel safe? Do our employees have time off to care for the needs of other people? Are we providing benefits that they need to be able to live their lives? Because I think in so many ways, the pandemic has slowed us down and reminded us of what our just basic needs are, right? (laughs) Of eating well and sleeping and getting outside. And so it's done the same thing for me as it relates to HR work is, are we doing the basics really well? And that's really what perspective I've led with This past year.
0: Nani, what are your thoughts about the changing nature of HR? What do you see out there?
1: I agree with Sarah in terms of getting back to
2: the basics. I think in this global pandemic and i could say there are other pandemics happening right now as it relates to just the societal nature of the world right now i think people are in question right about their basics about their jobs about their finances about what they can expect on a day-to-day level and it really makes us in hr think about how we can meet that need and what are the things that our employees really care about in this moment so in a world that's not predictable and you don't know what you can expect. What can you make sure that you have at work so that people feel tethered and grounded in their employer? And so that's something that I've been thinking a lot about. I think people are seeking vulnerability and authenticity in a really challenging year. We've been having conversations about that with our leaders at LimeAid about how can you show that you're having a hard time too, because this year is tough and people just need to know that they're not alone in that and have some compassion as well.
0: So Laura, what are your thoughts on this? Because you've seen human resources for more than a minute. We've been through a lot in the world of HR, but never anything quite like what we experienced a year ago.
3: Never quite like this year, right? I mean, yeah, I have been around a minute or two and have seen a lot of things change. And to me, just the impact of this year is insane. Probably no surprise that I would say, yeah, what they said, Because I just completely agree with what Sarah and Nani said, but they'll laugh at me because I'm always the one who, like, will say, like, the silver lining, like, optimistic thing at the end, but then we can do it, or, you know, some kind of thing like that, that they just tease me about all the time. I really just think that silver lining and all of this is this could be the true springboard, right? There's the true way we can make real change happen. And I just think we've had this crazy forced experiment. Just take something as simple as working from home. We have a pretty progressive organization. We have a pretty progressive aggressive CEO. He was hesitant for people to really just completely work from home before the pandemic. And it did not take him more than a couple weeks to say, whoa, this is this is actually working okay and people are still doing work. I mean, again, he's one of the more progressive CEOs and he was having a hard time with the butts and seats mentality, right? So I think this has been a forced experiment that I hope we've learned some real lessons from and some things that I think around expecting leaders to be more human, expecting leaders to be more vulnerable, expecting leaders to be more honest. The number of touch points that we've had with our employees has been exponential. I mean, we would strive for having once a month, let's have a leader get together and thinking we were doing such a great job. (laughs) And like this year, it's been almost weekly where we felt like we needed to stay connected from a leadership perspective. And I still feel like there's more we can do. I feel like this whole thing has just really reinforce that we need to rethink why HR even exists and this human thing <laughs> is why and we just had that forced experiment big time this year
0: you know it's interesting we've all talked about something without saying it which is the level of exhaustion and burnout that people are feeling and one of the interesting phenomenon that I've noticed is that HR professionals are trying to solve for burnout and solve for exhaustion while feeling it themselves and if only we could fix our own problems we would have such positive downstream effects for the entire enterprise so i thought we could start there sarah and talk about some of not only the best moments right the silver linings but even the worst moments working with employees in 2020 are they as burned out as we think they are? Are we as burnt out as I think we are? What makes you optimistic like Laura?
1: Yes, I think people are as exhausted as we think we are. And I think people are as burnt out. And I think absolutely, as it relates to HR professionals, I can speak for myself, I 100% experienced burnout in 2020. I was in a new role at Limeade. I was leading a team of five. And I think for HR leaders, you're in this place of being so focused on your employees and your leaders and being all things to all people, it's really, really easy and simple to forget your own recovery and your own well-being. Super easy, and it happened to me in 2020. So I would say the worst moments for me was, I think the conflict of trying to be there for people that were truly in fear. Like I think back to April and May, and it wasn't just, traditional burnout of being overworked and hard to balance because our resources were stripped from us. People couldn't exercise, they couldn't see family, they couldn't get the same level of recovery that we normally could. And then there was this whole element, Nani touched on it, of fear. I mean, we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know if we were safe. And so trying to balance that with still running a business, businesses still have to operate. And we still have goals to meet and a board to respond to. How do you balance that? (laughs) Like, how do you meet the needs of all those things? What was most difficult for me was being an advocate for both sides. Like Hey, just got off the phone with a working mom who is in tears and literally doesn't know what to do with her three and five year old during this sales meeting. What are we doing? (laughs) How do we care for that person? But then also recognizing, you know, we want to succeed as a business through this pandemic so we can keep all of their jobs. Like, how do we navigate that? And to me, that was the hardest part for sure was finding the line between those things was really difficult. And I think continues to be really difficult because this is a long cycle of burnout for many people.
0: Dr. Laura, I know you've got something to say about the positive side of this, right? We've talked about community and connection. Is that the opportunity going forward?
3: For me personally, it's only through talking and especially I mean, to have a team that I can talk to and be honest with and who I feel that they care about me and I care about them and that we want the best for each other. That's how I still to this day need that, right? And that's what I saw with our employees. I mean, I'll never forget one of our, and I think Sarah was on there. Maybe not, you probably were on it because you created the Working Parents ERG. We have a Working Parents Caregiver Employee Resource Group. And I remember being on it on a day where it was the most stressful time and multiple people were just letting it out and crying. And what I saw happen was how they all were caring and supporting each other. Like it was amazing. It was beautiful the way they reached out to each other, the way they really showed empathy. And said, I'm with you, I'm experiencing the same thing. And just to see over the course of that hour, how they all supported each other. That's the kind of stuff that just makes all the difference in the world is that social support, that connection.
0: Nani, did I hear that you created that ERG?
2: I did, yeah, a few years ago. I'm so glad it was in motion before COVID started.
0: So when you think about what's happening in the world of work, I mean, we've talked about some of the worst moments that your colleagues have had, some of their best moments. Why don't you kind of wrap up this part by telling us your experiences and also looking forward, is it something like an ERG that's going to get employees through this?
2: I think for me, the best and worst both come down to one thing. It's just how much I care about people, right? And so the best parts have been when people have felt heard and understood and that I saw their perspective and their experience and that humanity in HR felt very real. I think back to the summer when there were conversations around racial justice in America and having conversations with our employees of color and and having them feel really heard amidst this other global pandemic, right, that those moments... I won't be able to recreate they were very meaningful and on the flip side of that because I care so much and empathize so much seeing that firsthand pain that Sarah and Laura described is really really challenging especially when I can't or we can't solve it we had multiple employees who have family members who got COVID or new people that did partners or spouses that were furloughed there's a lot of real scary things that have happened in this last year and offering an empathetic ear is so great but it can't solve it and that was super challenging. I will agree though, to Laura's point that that fundamental human connection and community is so, so healing. And I think that's what we're all seeking, which in this virtual world is challenging, no doubt, because I think so much of it would be better if we could be together in person, but that just understanding and compassion we can provide each other in whatever form that takes does do a lot.
0: Hey everybody, Lori Rudiman here. With employee burnout on the rise, engagement faltering, and productivity wavering, companies are turning to HR to re-engage the workforce and create a more positive employee experience. That's why I'd like you to join me for Lie Made Engage, the virtual event of the year for HR and company leaders. Lie Made Engage kicks off on March 9th with speakers like Lennon Doyle and Ally Love of Peloton and me, I've Been Twice, and it was terrific. Be inspired to take the lead to elevate the employee experience, gain the tools and insights to apply LimeAid research and industry best practices to your own organization, and connect with your peers as we navigate 2021 and beyond together the difficulties of 2020 have taught us a lot about the importance of a great employee experience now it's your chance to put these learnings to work and create a strong employee experience that drives real business results sign up for limeade engage at limeade.com that's limeade.com and i'll look forward to seeing you there Well, all three of you have just undergone these tremendous years of transition and growth and learning and fumbling, I'm sure, and all the stuff that goes along with that. So, you know, Nani, you've mentioned that you're a new mom or at least you're on that journey, right? And you're in this new role starting in May. So tell us a little bit about what it's been like to experience new things during COVID and yet you've done something really beautiful, which is bet on yourself. Like you know instinctively that you're ready for these next steps in your career in your life, covid or not. It's been a
2: really transformational year. One thing that I keep coming back to, there's this quote that I really love that says purpose is the place where your deep gladness meets the world's needs. And It suddenly became clear to me this year through conversations with folks like Sarah and Laura and other mentors I have that the things that I do naturally or the things that I do a good job at are not just passions of mine or things that I kind of do on the side, but are potentially my purpose and potentially could be aligned with my work. And I think that me falling into this work in HR during this year was not just happenstance. I think it was all because of that connection and the way that I think I approach HR and working with humans that have starting to open those doors for me. So I'm trying to think about what that means in terms of my career, but I am really listening to that, right? Those things that you really do well and that people notice you for and look to you for, lean into that and see what can happen.
0: Sarah, what's your journey been like this year? You know, you started a new business and you've got other things going on in your life. You talked about feeling burnout as well. I'm so impressed that you recognize that and honored that because so many people for a lot of reasons are plowing through it. So talk to me a little bit about your year and how you've prioritized you and really bet on yourself.
1: I think for me, this year was all about getting really clear about what I want my life to look like. That was really what it was for me. And I think interestingly enough, to to use Laura's silver lining, I don't think I would be here if it wasn't for the pandemic, because I think the pandemic forced me to take a look at my life in a different way than I had been. I'm a hardcore achiever, workaholic. These two know that about me. That is uh, my natural tendency. And I think this year I started to really think about my energy more specifically. Where am I giving my energy? What do I want to give my energy to? And what am I getting? energy from. And I spent a lot of time thinking about that. And my real encouragement or epiphany would be, be honest with how you're doing. (laughs) People won't be mad or angry with you. Laura at the time was my boss when I was feeling really burnt out. And I was really pretty brutally honest. At one point, I remember we had not seen each other. So we were sitting six feet apart talking. And I just let it out what I was experiencing, how I felt a lack of energy, a lack of purpose. And we talked through Well, this is your one life. How do we go find that for you? And what does that path forward look like? And for me, it looks like creating a little bit of transition, making some decisions. And the second epiphany I had is that no decision is forever. So we should just get better at trying things and trying them out and making decisions. And another mentor of mine in a very nice way said, you're making this out to be too big of a decision to go consulting to say, I don't want to belittle it, but it's not that big of a deal. And for some reason... <laughs> that stuck with me to think oh sh- you know she's right I can do this and change my mind my life does not have to be linear which has been a big learning for me as kind of an achiever with a traditional sense of accomplishment and things like that so for me it's been vocalizing and getting really clear which takes a lot of work on what I care about where I want to give my energy but then also not being afraid like operating out of a place of abundance and saying hey if If this doesn't work, I can try something else.
0: So Sarah, I just want to clarify for those who may have missed this. You told your boss who is now next to you on this podcast, who's now your ex boss, that you weren't happy and that you weren't meeting what you thought was your purpose in this world. How scared were you to say that? Or were you OK saying that?
1: I totally bring it back to Limeade. I think probably what I would compliment Limeade on the most is the concept of care really does run through the lifeblood of Limeade. So I'm going to use the L word. Laura loves me. I really think that. I know that. And so for me, it wasn't scary. I mean, I was definitely worried about disappointing her. I, I was more so disappointing myself, like all these emotions, but I also felt like Laura and I had worked hard on both of our parts of maintaining a really honest dialogue about how things were going. Any manager, if you're managing any people, what's cool about doing that is it creates this space and transparency so that I would say a benefit to Laura is that I was able to stay on a really long time, like we had a much more pleasant transition than maybe we could have. And so I think because of partially who Laura is, but also this idea that we value you, Sarah, you as a human here, and we actually care about you. So what we actually want is what Nani said, where your passion is meeting your purpose and you're feeling really cared for and have well-being, and if you're not having that experience, We wanna hear about it so we can do something about it. So I think because of that foundation, I wasn't afraid, don't get me wrong, lots of tears. (laughs) There were a lot of tears and a lot of emotions for me to navigate. And I think for Laura to navigate as we tried to think about what the future looked like.
0: Well, Laura, I'm just thinking about you as a leader, as a business owner, right, as the co-founder of Limeade, You've got a million different things on your plate. You also have your personal life and you have workers coming to you saying, I need you. I need to talk about these things that are important to me. So what's your year been like?
3: well, you gotta know when I just hear Sarah say that and I have amazing things that I've gotten to talk with Nani about too. Like I get to work with these people, right? Like I get to have relationships like this that are so meaningful and fulfilling and that's kind of what a lot of this is about, right? Is human beings and connecting with other human beings. I get to be a part of this and that's huge for me is to feel that kind of connection with them. And just, I hope I have a lifelong relationship with them. Of course, it's hard. Of course, you know, I wanted Sarah to stay. <laughs> I, I, Of course, I did. She's amazing. But I also wanted her to have an amazing life. And I didn't want to stand in the way of that. So that's what I just feel so lucky to have is these really deep, meaningful relationships. And that is what for me in my career, it's really all about. You know, if I look back, I've been lucky to have that in different places where I've worked. And I think this year has, again, just kind of forced, really sped up in so many ways, these kinds of hard things happening. But it's also created these really deep relationships, too, I think, as we've gone through this really hard time together.
0: Well, I would love, Laura, for you to offer some advice for HR leaders who want to make an impact but feel stuck. And I asked this question uh, hesitantly because I think a lot of people can be advice monsters you know but i definitely trust where you're coming from in this perspective because you bring to it the notion of care and love and human connections so if you're stuck out there and you work in human resources like where do you even start
3: i just want to say of course it's easy to feel stuck sometimes i have to remind myself what we're doing in human resources is something that's so complex right we're dealing with human beings who we have no idea really what what human beings are about, right? And then we're dealing with organizations that are also complex. And so we as HR get to be right at the center point of that intersection of complex human systems and complex organizations. So of course we feel stuck, right? Of course we do. But what I think I've seen that's been so beautiful is when human resources people realize that who else but us to like make real meaningful things happen in your organization. And so what seen like people really kind of take a step back and say, wait, I can do this. And man, when I do this, people are, that's what they're hungry for. They're hungry for HR people to say, no, this is what's important. We need to focus on human beings. We need to focus on our values. We need to focus on being kind to each other, right? So it's really around the human part and the culture part. And so I just completely understand that it can feel complicated but take a step in that direction right do one thing that's about humanity do one thing that's about your culture that's what i would suggest
0: i want a t-shirt that says who else but us oh my goodness like i'm bringing that to market i think that's really great well nani who else but you at limeade i mean you're in this wonderful position in human resources what thoughts do you have around colleagues peers friends in hr who may be in the weeds and just feeling a little stuck
2: i am Empathize with the feeling stuck. An interesting experience I had this year from moving from being an employee at a company to being an HR at that same company. I suddenly was a part of the them. I wish they would do this. I wish they would fix this. I wish they would put this in place. And I'm like, oh my! Now I am the them, and that is not always a really fun place to be. But I think I would agree with Laura's sentiments. Is just kind of stop and reevaluate and stick to what you know best, which is humans and connection and care. I think, Something we're learning on our team is you don't have to just keep doing things because you've always done them. Break it down. What do you really need? What do people really need in this moment? And do those things. And then we can build and shape and iterate as we go on.
0: Sarah, bring us out of this segment by telling us what your thoughts are around human resources from a woman who was feeling
1: a little stuck. I was drawn to HR because of what Laura said, how it's uniquely positioned within the business. And I think HR is more critical than it has ever been as it relates to companies starting to really understand care on a much broader level companies really starting to feel like oh wait culture really matters people are gonna leave because of culture or come because of culture and so HR has such an interesting opportunity to impact that while bringing their whole selves to work I think that's what I love most about HR it's like the ultimate walk the talk like you better bring your whole self and demonstrate care because that's what we're asking everyone else to do. So I think finding that place where you can do that, where you can bring your whole self so it feels natural. The last thing I'd say about HR is like trying to reduce the noise and chaos. I think one of the things this year, I don't know if other people felt this the amount of information coming at us is overwhelming, the amount we're being asked to do or interact with. And that's true within an organization. And it's true of every peer I have within HR. And so what are we doing to kind of reduce that noise? And what Nani and Laura said, focus on the human aspect of our business and find ways to create influence and impact there because we just can't do everything.
0: Well, as we wrap up the conversation today, I would wonder if the three of you can really reflect on what you're going to do in 2021 to invest in yourself, to bet on yourself. Is there something you're pursuing either within your career or outside of your career? I thought last year was going to be the year that I ran the Chicago Marathon. And of course, I couldn't do that, right? So I've got the stretch goal of doing that. And that one thing that I'm focused on means that I'm not obsessed about my job all the time, which I'm really grateful for. So Nani, let's start with you. Is there some- Something you're focused on, whether it's professional continuous learning or a personal goal for the year, that's going to make this one of the better years that you've had.
2: I think the year ahead is about clarity for me. I've experienced a lot of transformation in the last year about who I am and what I care about, but I'm still a little scattered. And I think I want to get a little clearer on what kind of impact I want to make so I can do a really, really good job at it. I know I'm really passionate about a lot of things, including diversity and inclusion. So that's one thing I'm doing some professional development in myself and hope to pursue more clearly and formally. And that's where I'm I'm spending my focus this year. And then I would also say just practicing what I preach in terms of taking care of myself. I do that a lot with the employees I I serve and take care of at work, but I don't necessarily always do that myself. And being a parent of two young children and having a life outside of work is super important. And I want to make sure I think about that, too.
0: Yeah, they deserve their mom as well. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, how about you? Where's your focus for 2021? And you know, what's cool and interesting on your horizon?
1: I think for me, like Nani said, there was a lot of transformation in 2020 for a lot of us. I think 2021 for me, it's all about trusting myself. I think last year I did that in really big ways and it felt really good. (laughs) And I want to continue to nurture that within myself of trusting my instincts and going after things that would bring joy and purpose. And so I think both personally and professionally, finding ways to do that. And I loved your comment about that just should just exist professionally and only in your career. Like what are some things that I can get really excited about personally too?
0: Good, that's amazing. All right, Laura, what are you focused on? I mean, you're a leader, so this is
3: challenging to find the time, right? I have a friend who has cancer and what has been really clear to me is, and just all, uh, of course, all the other things that have happened this year is just how precious life is, right? So I did this exercise with a therapist. I highly recommend having a therapist. She had me do an exercise. Of, it wasn't that complicated of an exercise, but just get a piece of paper and say, what would your work day look like if you could design it from scratch? I think it's because I'm of an age where you don't get to do that. You don't get to design that from scratch. People tell you what your day looks like. And I did that, and I can kind of feel myself when I was doing it, it like felt decadent. And then after I did, I was like, wait a second, don't I deserve that? Don't I deserve to have a day where I want to work, <laughs> you know? But it could have more components of things that I get excited about, things that I want to do every day, things that don't feel hard and a grind and difficult. And so that's what I'm going to be focusing on in 2021 is how do I make my life more like that, right? More full of things that I get excited about, more full of things that I really feel connected to.
0: More of what's great and fewer compensation, calibration meetings and things like that. Come on Uh, now. Hallelujah. Oh, man, the HR calendar can be relentless, but I'm glad we had the three of you here today to really help us think about COVID and what's working and how to bet on ourselves. So Nani, Sarah, Laura, thanks for being a guest on the podcast. Oh,
3: thanks so much, much. (laughs) Lori. That was so much fun. Thanks, Thanks Nani and Sarah.
0: Hey everybody, hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Punk Rock HR, sponsored by Limeade Engage. Learn how to build an employee experience for what comes next. Join me for LimeadeEngage.com on March 9th, the virtual event of the year for HR and company leaders. Head on over to Limeade.com to register today. Now that's all for this week's show, and I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on Punk Rock HR.